0: DesignCast podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators.
1: Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan, and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors, and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes A very special thanks to Mel Science for sponsorship of DesignCast. Mel Science is a subscription service that offers monthly science boxes which combine hands-on experiments with VR and AR technologies to engage kids in studying science. Mel Science strives to make serious science accessible, interesting, and cool. Science is about exploration, experiments, discovery, and asking questions, all of which come naturally to all children. The Mel Science approach helps nurture children's natural interest in science by giving them fun, hands- on experiments to engage, serious detailed explanations to learn, VR and AR technologies to dive deeper. If you're anything like me and my family, it's hard to find creative ways to keep kids busy and screen-free while engaging their brains, especially these days. Mel Science does all the upfront work for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together and they won't even know they're learning. I recently received a kit and it's really exciting all that comes in the box. There are many different activities and experiments in each kit which are enhanced through the integration of VR and AR. With Mel Science, there's something for every kid, including big kids like me. I encourage you to check out this unique service. As an added bonus of being a listener to this podcast, you can get 60% off your first box of any of the subscriptions by using the promo code DESIGNCAST, all one word, or by following the link in the show notes act fast as this is an offer that is only available for one month i can't wait to hear what you think of the service For this episode of Design Cast, I had the privilege to talk with Charles Hopkins. Charles is a super positive guy that has a passion for outdoor education travel science and design he has a great story about his journey that he took into education that he does share with me in this episode his energy is contagious and i have no doubt in my mind that you will really enjoy hearing him talking about his pursuits now sit back relax and enjoy this episode with charles hopkins Welcome back to another episode of Design Casts, And today's guest, I am just so honored to have Charles Hopkins with me. Charles, how are you doing today, man?
0: Doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate being able to talk with you today.
1: You're one of the people in the same time zone as me. So we're actually <laughs> able to set up <laughs> exactly. a decent time to chat. So Charles, thank you so much for being here. And so if you don't mind, could you just sort of introduce yourself and talk about how you became an educator?
0: Oh, man, that's a that's an interesting story. My name is Charles Hopkins. I've also gone by CJ. So I'm an international teacher by trade. So I went to school for education. And once I was there, I was like, I want to go ahead and take a hop, skip and a jump out of here. Did my student teaching out in Thailand went and started as an elementary teacher. So I taught third grade homeroom, second grade homeroom, first, second, third grade science, second, third, fourth grade IT, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade science, sixth, seventh, eighth grade design. And now I'm currently a sixth grade design science teacher. So I've been all around the board. This is country number three. So I started in Thailand, like I said, went out to Cambodia, Kinshasa, and here. But I really got inspired through outdoor ed, actually. I stopped going to normal school when I was 16, went out to the woods and got to teach some kids out there. And when I did that, people were like, Oh wow, you're really good with the kids and by people I mean the other teachers and principals and I was like, nah, I don't really wanna I wanna deal with those kids like me. But I ended up getting inspired and just followed along with it. And lo and behold, I'm still doing it and loving it and learning every day of my life.
1: That's awesome, man. And and before we started recording, we were talking about you you recently moved to Korea from the Congo. Can you tell me a little bit about your experiences to get there and then what you did when you were there?
0: Yeah. So I finished off my my school in Cambodia. didn't have a middle school position open. I was looking to go up from teaching the youngins. And so they gave me a chance out in Kinshasa to start my sixth, seventh and eighth grade science teaching. And while I was over there, we were talking before, you know, Chris Allen, is one of the principals over there. He was really all about the design stuff. And so as the school is starting to transition to IB, they needed a design teacher. And a pitch to get a design teacher wouldn't be something like, hey, you want to go ahead and start a design curriculum at a place with six megabytes second of internet and 15 computers. You know, So it's going to be uh, a little bit harder to tagline. So they asked me if I wanted to go ahead and try it out. And, you know, I, I could barely tie my own shoes. So when I was first looking at design, I was thinking to myself, you know, what am I getting myself into? This is going to be super interesting. And once I got into it, you know, we started out with nothing. So like, the I wouldn't even get the shipment in when we first started it. So I had a bunch of used cardboard from different boxes that we were able to find around. And I started having the kids making board games. And we were just playing those together. And then, Once I started getting my different materials in, we were just building the curriculum together. And I think the most interesting thing about starting design at a place where you really just don't have anything to start it out with was it can be whatever you want, right? And so before when I was growing up, I remember we had all these electives and design just kind of turned out to be project management for whatever the kids and teacher wanted to make and build. And it turned into something really cool. We had... A unit I was super proud of back there. I had a head of grounds, Robbie Vandermeer, and he was a uh, lecker. He was a lecker guy because he's South African. And he really helped me out with some of the things like we made bamboo boats. So we went out to the bamboo thickets, we got out bamboo saws, we learned how to cut all that down. And then we had the students make rafts and they had to go and bind them together and take them across the pool. And so we had like a problem statement where they were on an island and all they had was bamboo and they had to get off the island because it, caught on fire during a thunderstorm. And uh, yeah, throughout that time, we were able to develop what turned out to be a really fun curriculum for the kids that teachers talked about, students talked about, parents talked about. And so then when I came over here, which I'll go over why I ended up switching schools later on, but this is a very well-developed place. And like I said to you before the conversation, sometimes it feels like, you know, I'm teaching swimming with Michael Phelps and I'm still wearing my floaties at the other end of the pool, trying to trying to, you know, learn how to use a jigsaw for the first time and 3d printers and laser cutters. And I'm sitting there with, you know, sandpaper and coping saw experience, but it's been, it's been quite a ride and the design part of itself, like if I were to talk to anybody that has the opportunity to start a program or just like even start getting into it, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of overwhelming when you look at it at first, but man, like it is so rewarding and there's so much stuff you could do with it. And the kids just, the kids freaking love it, man. I mean, everyone's just so stoked on it and it teaches them so many life skills, you know, aren't necessarily explicitly taught in other classes. And it really helped them out, especially at IB schools for the personal project. And it, it shows, it shows once they're going through those design cycle projects, like once they get into the personal projects feel a lot more comfortable being able to Mm -hmm. do something on their own.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, really the personal project is just a huge design project, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically. And I mean, the old iteration really, I think it it was basically when I was going through it because I was personal project coordinator. I was like, this is just design basically. And then a guy I worked with, Daniel Flynn, who was a design teacher for a while, he was like, yeah, it's the old iteration of design cycle. They just basically turned it to the personal project. <laughs> that's like, it, it, awesome. yeah, that's the
1: simplified version of it. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. So you you alluded to shifting away from Kinshasa to come to Korea. What was the reasoning for that? I mean, if you don't mind sharing.
0: No, not at all. Yes. Yeah, so I actually, at the height of the pandemic, the airport shut down in Congo. Right. And I mean, we all have that, the pandemic story. So we ended up getting an embassy flight out. And while I was in quarantine, long story short, in Tennessee, before we went out to get see our families, I actually got diagnosed with cancer. So I was back home in the States. And luckily, us as international teachers, like I I had really good insurance. So and because all the hospitals were closed, like I could just go straight in, get as much stuff done, taken care of. So I, I was able to battle it, beat it and went through the chemo while I was on online learning. So I was like wearing a little ski cap you know, making the kids think it was like punk rock instead of, you know, balding. So as you're doing it, and then I was looking for a place that had a little bit more stability within medical stuff wise, because it's, it's quite the scary, you know, going back to Kinshasa, as much as I I loved the Congo, and I love that school and everyone there, like if I were to do anything over again, it would just be to thank everyone that I met there. They It was such a fantastic learning experience. But I wanted to find a place that was a little bit more stable healthcare wise. And so the guys over at KIS, Korea International School, called me up and they were like, hey, we got a position that basically fits you, your profile. Want to come talk with us? And I talked to them. I talked to Mike Bycraft, who I'll give a shout out to, who doesn't know I'm actually doing this podcast (laughs) right now.
1: Um, (laughs) We're going to surprise the guy, I know.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So that'll be fun. It was him and then the other science teachers over there. And I was like, this is perfect. So I still get to teach both science and design, which are my passions and continue to build with that. And it's been a really positive experience and I'm a pretty upbeat guy. So like, I just kept keep looking at the positive side, you know?
1: And you know, with your, your background in outdoor education and I see that you're from Colorado, is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So with all of that outdoor sort of background, Korea, believe it or not, people haven't been here Don't probably understand that it's really, really green in Korea. There are a lot of parks. There's a a whole line of mountains that go from one end to the other. And there's a ton of things to do outdoors wise. You can surf. You can do all kinds of different things to snow ski. So, I mean, I think that. If you're looking for a place that is developed, but that also has the outdoor, I mean, the trail, I don't know if you've done much hiking since you've been here, but, you know, the hiking trail system is really, really strong here and uh, very well developed. And yeah, I mean, so if you're into that kind of stuff, it's a great place to be, actually.
0: I mean, yeah. So there's like an actual mountain behind the schools. There's like hiking trails. You You could go home. And I mean, you were talking about surfing. I'd love to learn how to surf. I've been talking about it forever, but, you know, grew up in Colorado. You can't really surf on the side of the mountain. And then, yeah, you know, in the place I was before, I couldn't. So that would definitely be something I'd like to pick up.
1: Yeah, the whole East Coast of, of Korea is, is a surfing haven. There's a lot of people. The water's cold, so you got to wear a wetsuit, but it's it's the waves are pretty strong. So it's a good place to learn. But I, I digress. Sorry, Charles. I yeah, immediately <laughs> digress. Do, you do. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely, man. So so listen, thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm, I'm really happy that you were able to come through that health scare and situation well. And so congratulations. That's great that you've, you've been able to do that.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, positive is a big part of it man you gotta you got keep believing be happy make some laughs you know eat tons of food while you're going through any any medical treatment you know doesn't matter if it's taco bell just take it up
1: right there you go <laughs> man and and so listen so tell me what it what's your impressions because you've just arrived in korea what six months ago yeah so what do you think so far what do you think of the country what do you think of the school situation you're in tell me a little bit about what you're doing at the school that would be great to hear
0: Oh, no worries. I guess for the country itself, I have a cousin here, which is pretty cool. So I haven't lived next to family in a long time. So that's been pretty dope. But as for like really getting to know Korea, I think because of the COVID situation, I haven't really gone out and about very much. I knew there were some places I wanted to go see some bands and maybe some different activities, but uh, we went to... Sroxon, I think is what it's called, National Park, beautiful area. Everyone here's like super nice and friendly, but really to go out a lot of the social stuff. I'm kind of waiting for the pandemic to get a little bit close in order to to do that. But the school's been awesome. Like I've loved the people I work with. Like I'm on this really cool floor and everybody there, we always have lunch together and talk with each other. As for the design classes, too, like I'm working with sixth graders in woodworking. I never thought in my life I'd be you know, sitting there with a sixth grade student being like, here's how to use some electric power tools. And that's been really awesome. And that program's developing really well. We're doing a VEX robotic tournament. I believe you guys are doing it over there as well. And it's been really cool working with Benny. I'll try to get him on next time we're on the tournament to talk with you. But we're going to try to start a middle school VEX robotics integration as well. And I know that um, we were talking about it before, kind of like the same program seems like your guys... Involved in where you have some middle schoolers who are part of the high school team or like supporting the high school team and then kind of get them involved, knowing so that way, once we're, you know, in the high school, maybe one day we can make it to worlds. You know, it's the younger we start them out, the more chance they have on, you know, rocking it when we get those tournaments and, you know, everyone likes a good win.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in the, the VEX, you know, sort of the VEX circuit in at least in sort of international schools in Korea is quite strong and teams come from Jeju and other places to compete when we can compete in person. And so it's a pretty um, exciting time to watch those things, you know, and, and so outside of the States from where I used to teach and we had robotics competitions, this is a really, really active place. And so it's really cool. You guys are, 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 still taking part in that. That's awesome. So tell me some of the things you're doing at school that you're really enjoying and that have been easy for you to sort of, take up from your your previous role?
0: A big difference for me is, I mean, you're you're an IB school. And so going from a curriculum where you have those, you know, criteria A through criteria D guidelines, and they use D for their assessments here, and they're going through a standards-based teaching and learning model, which I really enjoy. It's something I looked up a lot when we were transitioning actually over to IB because I wanted to see how that integrated into criteria-based grading. And their use of the Stanford design thinking, which for me was a little bit of a head spin comparatively to, because I used a lot of the design criteria to actually be my learning objectives, because they really go hand in hand together. And so just kind of having that taken away and having something else replace it has been something that I've been kind of working on and getting to know a little bit better. And it just opens up so many more doors, the more different ways you see how this thinking can come into fruition for these students and we're, what is it? Justin's been showing me all the stuff that he does in that design realm. And one of the projects I just really enjoy with him is this door sign project. And so really focusing on empathizing and having the students have another student client and that person has to explain to them how to make a door sign. And he's devised this empathy interview and talking with them throughout and really doing orthographic drawings of what they want to be able to produce and create. And they actually, you know, get the wood and create it and give it to that person at the end of the project. And when I first heard about it, I was like a little bit worried because um, I wasn't sure how the students would react with not being able to make their own, you know, thing the first time they, they have the opportunity to make something. And all of our kids have been super awesome about it. And they love talking with each other and they're supporting each other throughout and they're accepting of their ideas. If um, a student has a creative idea and they come up to them, like I've never heard another student say no or another student like really be disappointed with what they got as an end result. They don't always take it home, but I think that's been something really cool that's been developing and growing.
1: No, that's great, man. I mean, honestly, once we sort of have these restrictions uh, lifted I, I've always wanted to come over and see you guys' facility so hopefully I can get over and see it and then you guys could maybe come over this way as well and check out what we have but yeah I mean it's 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 nice to see what's happening around and you're right you know transitioning from criterion to standards based and back and forth vice versa you know it's not always easy so yeah thanks for sharing that with me Charles let me ask you other than the, the like the standards based and and the criterion based and things like that. What are you most excited about as you move forward in your role right now?
0: My role right now, I want to eventually, as I'm growing and developing, besides learning how to use the laser cutter and 3D printer, I want to eventually create something that built off an old project I did. Everyone has that one project they look look back at and they're like, that was like really cool. And my old one was, I had actually ordered a bunch of pallets of cardboard and i got a bunch of flack at a staff meeting because i was using our money to order cardboard when everything comes in a box and the reason was is that when i had had all that cardboard at the previous unit i mean it was hard for the kids to build stuff when it's taped and stapled and like the band-aids cause they're trying to put, pull staples out of this and that and so they really liked building the cardboard and i want something that was consistent within the framing of that and throughout the staff meeting when they were you know giving me a hard time about it I just uh, stood up and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build tiny houses and we're going to have a tiny village and everyone's going to love it. And I did. And so it ended up being like such a cool unit because then it ended up talking about like how when you're building something for kids, it's got to withstand play. And then they're like, what do you mean withstand play? I was like, it's got to not break. Right. And so they're going to go ahead. They're not going to listen to you. when you're telling them like not to press open the door and not to do this, not to like run into it. So they had to Take that into mind, and it, they did it was really cool, and one day I know I was talking about it when I first came here, like once all those restrictions are lifted, maybe even getting something together where they build a winter village, and so like for like winter break or like right when that happens, like have maybe a group of passionate designers go and build like a small tiny town and then have that be like a memory because right i i mean being being a teacher, one of the most important things to me is to make memories for the the kids that are at your school and for the parents. And for the community, like when they look back and they go, you know, that's something really cool, it's something really unique, and that's something that we'll remember. And when I had parents and students and kids talking about that tiny town, I was like, man, if there's if there's a place where I could potentially make that happen and like looking at the materials they have here and the projects that some of their students have done, that's something that I think I'd like to do in the future with some passionate students if I get the opportunity to. So that would be something I'd like to go ahead and get started next year once I, you know, settle in. I'm still fresh off the boat.
1: And you know, absolutely. And and I know Mike has done some projects like that with monuments and all these different things. And so maybe you can find a way to tie into that or extend what he's done and i know benny's done a lot of work over there too so that's pretty exciting stuff so i mean charles this is great stuff man like i can't wait for us to connect in person and in chat and so let me ask you a question i ask everybody and that is if you could recommend one book for everyone to stop right now and read what would that be
0: Stinky Cheese Man, Another Flairly Stupid Tale. It's my favorite book of all time. Doesn't necessarily have to do with design, but it is just when whenever I'm down, whenever I'm thinking about anything like the Stinky Cheese Man is probably read it with your kids, read it with your loved ones. Otherwise, besides that, I would have to say I'm pretty excited to read Ready, Set, Fail. It's a book that I found through being called Punk Rock Classroom. And I'm I'm huge on setting opportunities for students to realize that you know, not doing something correctly or failing isn't necessarily a negative or bad thing, right? And so, any kind of literature that I could have to continue to instill in our students to try and try again until you get better and realize that that anxiety that comes with, you know, failing is normal and beneficial, not something to be afraid and run away from, is super Super important, especially today's day and age.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. So I have a good read shelf that I'll drop those books onto because it doesn't have to be a design book; it's just any book, and so it's great. Cheese <laughs> no made- <laughs>
0: Man ends up on there. I really, oh, it's it's I really already there, motivation. but it's already there while Sweet. we're talking. I
1: did it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so Charles, if people want to follow you or get in touch with you to find out more about what you're doing, what's the best way to do that?
0: Either Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, I pop up on every um, now and again, but Twitter, I try to keep up on as much as possible. I'm still new to promoting things on social media just because I haven't been in very technology adept places. So I wasn't even thinking about for a long time to, you know, promote myself or communicate with people outside of like those random fly to conferences that I would that I used to go to, you know, back in the day.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And so I'll make sure that your links to that are in the show notes. Charles, I could talk all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to thank you for taking time to be on here. And I know that we will meet very soon in person. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited for Texas Roadhouse.
1: Um, We're totally going to do Texas Roadhouse, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it's good stuff. All right. Thanks again, man.
0: No worries. Thank you very much, Jason.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today,
0: better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Jason here from DesignCast, and I am just so pleased that you're here listening to DesignCast. I really appreciate all the feedback everyone's been giving me. It's been so fantastic to hear it, and it just really inspires me to continue going. Of course, making this week-on-week is difficult. If you feel so inclined, of course, there is no pressure. I would love it if you would take part in helping to support this podcast. And so I'm using a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And there are a couple different ways you can give. One is you can give a one-time gift. And then also there are monthly gifts that you can give. And by doing that, you will receive some services from me. Number one, you'll be part of SignCast support family. Also, there are different levels within that. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash designcast and you can find out more about the different ways you can support me. I am so excited to announce the launch of a new podcast network called DNA Podcast Network. The Design Network Alliance, or DNA, was founded by Ivo Hanan and myself as a result of DesignCast number 16. We talked all about the need to connect design educators globally. DNA is a collective group of like-minded design educators from around the world. We have one simple mission, to connect design and STEAM educators with each other and with designers that want to make a difference in design education to make it better for future generations. The DNA Podcast Network is a hub for podcasts that cover the topics around design, design and technology, design thinking, STEAM, and STEM education. If you are interested in hearing more great content, head over to www.dnapodcastnetwork.ga today. Click on the thumbnail of the podcast that you want to hear and enjoy. If you have any other podcasts that you enjoy that cover similar topics, please feel free to get in touch with me and let me know so that I can look at adding them to the network. Finally, spread the word. Share with your network and your PLN and use the hashtag DNA podcast network.